This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, hey, how's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Good. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Brian. Uh, my, my father is the pastor, and he's off with getting some R&R, right? R&R is great, is it not? Well, hey, we're going to start things off by honoring our graduates. So uh, if you're in the house today, you can come on down and make a line and face that way. Uh, Riley Hunter, we're honoring Riley. She's graduating from uh, Shenandoah and going on to Iowa Western. Uh, Andrew Jackson. Andrew is uh, graduating from East Mills. Lily Tarks. Hadley Kinghorn. Haley McKee. Madison Barr and Brenna Roselle. Brenna, come on up here, you're the only one. I promise we didn't plan that. Come on down here. Had, or, um, Haley. Brenna needs a friend. Well, there's others that are in our midst. Well, they're not in our midst, they're just not here today. But that's okay. These two are, and uh, um, I, I tell you, these two have been an awesome part of our youth group. They're just such sweet girls, if you know them. Now, Brenna's a little bit ornery, but that's okay. We still love her. And uh, I'm excited for what it is that God has in store for their lives. And, and, uh, and I know that uh, both of them are gonna follow him. And so we're just gonna pray over them and agree with them and agree with their families concerning their future because their future's bright, amen? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you and Father, I just thank you so much for these young ladies, Father God, that are they're t- about to take the next step in their life, into the next season of their life, Father. And Father, I just thank you that your hand is upon them as they go, Father. I thank you, Lord, that all of the things that have been sown into their life, Father God, will be that firm foundation, Father, that as they take steps, Father, I thank you that as they commit their way to you, you will direct their path. You'll help them. You'll show them. You'll reveal yourself. You'll help them in, in all that they do, Father. And Father, I just thank you for the testimony of their life, Father God, and their future to give glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, love you guys. Love you. Give him a hand. All right, well, I was talking with some people here at the beginning, and <clears throat> how many of you guys got a sheet of paper when you came in? The notes. One guy called it homework. I was a little bit hurt right here. Just a little bit. But I was on it, you know, the, the truth came out when, in the conversation, and that was is that he actually was a cheater in high school. He cheated. He looked off of his neighbor. And so, you know, I know that the, in the midst of this congregation this morning, there's those of, there's those of you that are cheaters, right? Uh, you're going to look on your neighbor. And then uh, the last time I spoke, somebody actually was a guesser. How many people are guessers? Like when you were in school, you, you just guessed, right? It's like, I don't know what the answer to this is, so I'm just going to guess. So we got cheaters and guessers. And then we have all those that are just really, really studious and, you know, they're going to follow along and they're going to, you know. I thought that was on my mic, but I think, is, is it wind? Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's, let's get started here. And I'm glad you guys are here. And this is super weird. But anyway, 
Let's start with a video. How many of you guys like a video? Today I want to talk to you guys about trust. And I thought about entitling my message, Trust Fall. Uh, but I decided that was a terrible, a terrible, uh, um, a terrible title. Now it might be great clickbait, you know, so maybe, maybe uh, we could put it on uh, YouTube as Trust Fall. But I got a video. If you guys have never seen a Trust Fall, uh, look at this. This is a really just funny. Trust us. I'm going to count to three. Just relax and fall. Okay? One, two, three. No, no wait, no, no! <laughs> I love that video. I watched it probably nothing short of 15 times yesterday. <laughs> it's so staged. Okay. But, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that... Uh, you know, when it comes to trusting God, it's, it's not a fall, um, you know, and, and there is someone there to catch us, okay? So if you get nothing else out of today's message, uh, you know, I just thought, eh, it's a, good, it's a good way to kind of segue into what it is that we're talking about. And we're, I want to talk to you guys about trust today because, you know, um, this week I, you know, just, just to be honest, I was laying face down in my pillow and you know, you know, you know, before you come to consciousness, it's just like, you know, what's sometimes I've started writing down the first conscious thought that I have in the morning. Well, on Thursday morning, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't normally sleep facing down either. That's what was really weird about it. So when I came to, it's like trust in the Lord. I'm like, okay, trust in the Lord, you know? And so uh, I just decided today was a good day to talk about trusting in the Lord. And uh, it's not a fall. And uh, we'll, we'll discover some things. But I think that the, the, the tension, though, is that our human nature uh, is to put trust in someone, in something, or in ourselves. And I, I loved what Angela said, you know, when we started praise and worship and how she was believing God for something and it didn't seem like things were happening. It didn't seem like anything was changing. And she kind of resigned herself to the fact that maybe this wasn't going to happen. But, but, but what we saw and heard from her was, is that God was at work and God had an answer. It just may have not been on the timetable that she wanted, but that's the one thing that I think that we need to understand. I think that it, in our lives, and that's maybe just the, the fault of our human nature is, is that, you know, if we begin to trust God and it doesn't happen the way that we think that it should, we revert that trust back onto ourselves. Or, or maybe we revert that trust back onto someone that's in our lives. Maybe it's a loved one, or maybe it's a job. I don't know what it is for you, but, but the, the point is, is that Proverbs 3, 5, and many of you guys know this verse of scripture, but it says in Proverbs 3, 5, it says, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so, you know, when I, when I was kind of studying this out, I just really kind of see two different paths. You know, I see the path of trusting God and, and, and he's asking us to trust him. But, but if you look at that second part of that uh, uh, verse, it says, don't lean on your own understanding. Well, you could, you could say that another way. You could say, trust in yourself. Don't trust in yourself. 
or don't trust in what it is that you have a tendency to really trust in. And I think that if we're really honest with ourselves, there are things in our lives that we put a lot of trust in. It could be a spouse, you know, where we're looking to that person for, for something and we're, we're, we're expecting them to fill something that really they weren't designed to do that in. And so, you know, and so there's these two paths that we have as, as believers. There's, it's a choice to, to trust God or to trust ourselves and trust our own ability and trust our own strength. And uh, this is the way I've always done it. And this is the way I'm always going to do it. And so I don't need God. And so we confine ourselves to that path of trusting ourselves. And so, you know, today I want you guys to understand that, you know, if you choose that, He's telling us, he's, he's saying, you know, so this is basically Solomon writing this proverb to his son. He's saying, listen, don't lean on your own understanding. He's saying, trust God. Don't lean. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust the things that, that you think are going to help you get through this situation. I want you to put your trust in God. It's imperative that we do that. It's, it's, it's you know, and, and what we'll see here this morning is, is that um, it's so important. And, and, I, and the reason it's so important is, is guys, listen, we, we have been through a crazy few years. I, I, I have, can I get a witness there? I mean, you know, we, we, we saw firsthand in 2020 people, and I, I'm not trying to, to bash on anybody, and maybe you were that person, but, but I like to be honest, and I like to, you know, be transparent, and I like to know and, and do a... Uh, uh, oh, uh, inventory on myself. You know, that's something that I do. You know, it's like, okay, you know, what is it I'm doing? What is it that I need to change? And I think that, you know, in the last few years, we've seen people that say, yes, I trust God. But what we see is, is we don't see trust in God. We see trust in their own way. They see, we see trust in people that are in, in places of authority. We see trust in other things. And I don't need to list all those things off. You guys know what those things are. And, and, and so my point in saying this is, is that in these days that we live, whether it's, you know, a pandemic, whether it's the rising cost of gas, whether it's uh, um, uh, the loss of a job, our trust has to be in God. It has to be firm. And, and if we find ourselves on the path where we are depending and trusting in our own ability and what it is that we're doing, we're going we're gonna to be let down. We're going to be disappointed and things are not going to go the way that we planned for them to go. But, but when we get on this path of trusting God, God will begin to work and do in our lives what it is that he wants to do. And, and, and they're great plans. They're great plans, plans to prosper us and plans to help us and to strengthen us and to provide for us when we fill up with gas. You know, we don't have to say, my God, what, what is going on here? I mean, I, I've said it. I've said it. I filled my truck the other day. It's like, what is going on? Now I can stay there and I can think about how much it cost me to fill the truck and I can think about what my monthly income is and I can think about, but what am I doing when I do that? I'm putting my trust in my own ability, my, my own things, what my bank account has in it. And my point in saying this is, is that I'm, I'm off. I'm on the wrong trail. I need to get back on the other trail. And so, you know, thankfully when I got in the truck, I shut the door and I said, Lord, I just want to thank you that you meet and supply every need. And it doesn't matter if, if gas goes to seven bucks, eight bucks, whatever. My trust Amen. is in you. 
My firm belief is in you that you are going to take care of me. You're going to help me. It's not going to matter what, what sickness or disease they try to push next. I believe what it is that I believe. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that you redeemed me. You redeemed me from the curse. You redeemed me from sickness. You redeemed me from poverty. And so we have to have that firm belief on the inside of us. Guys, we have to have a firm belief. Now, if you, if you rewind in your life and you do not have that firm belief, that firm persuasion, I encourage you, man, you, not, you, gotta, you gotta begin to build that trust in him and begin to, 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 to go to him and learn of him and look at him and, and know him and know what it is that he promises, uh, promises to you so that when you're going through life and, and, and you're, star- you're staring at different things, whether it's a bill on the table or a gas pump, you are firm in your persuasion that that is not the indicator of where I'm going or what I'm doing. My trust and my reliance is in him. And so today, it's imperative that we trust God. And so my question is, is that, is your trust fully in God or is it in man or is it in yourself? You know, uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1.9, and this isn't in your notes for all you rule followers, uh, 1.9, that Paul said, do not trust in man, but trust in God. Trust in God. Do not lean. Don't depend on. Don't rely on. I like what the message translation says. It says, don't try to figure everything out on your own. We've all done it. Try to figure it out on our own. But when you find yourself in that place where you're trying to figure it out on your own, you need to, you need to stop yourself. You need to say, no, I am not going any farther in this. Because that, that is not a habit and that is not a practice that you want a part of your life. Because when you begin to get into that habit and that practice, you're stepping farther and farther away from the trust in him. And so it's imperative that you don't try to figure it out. Trusting in God is not foolish. The world is going to tell you that. They're going to say, what do you believe in that for? What are you trusting in God for? What do you, what do you think, you know, there's this going around. You could get sick, you could die. And, 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 and they want you to think that. And so the minute that you say, I'm trusting in God, and this is what I know, your knowledge is going to be challenged. What it is that you know and what it is that you're persuaded in, that firm belief that you have in your heart is going to be challenged by people that are close to you, people that you work with. And so it's all the more important that it's firm inside of you, that it's solid in your heart, that it's like, no, my trust is in him. I don't care what you're going to do. I don't care where you're going to go. I don't care how you're going to get through this. But I'm here to tell you today that my firm persuasion is in him and I'm going through this and I'm going to be victorious and things are going to be good and I'm not going to be left up you know, on a trash heap and things are, are, are bad. Am I going to have challenges? Absolutely. But my trust remains in him. My reliance remain, remains in him. My firm persuasion is, is that he's going to meet and supply every single need that I have. And every single, every single uh, you know, person that comes against you to tell you that it's foolish, you're going to need to be firm. You're going to need to be per- persuaded in your heart that, you know what? Nope, I, I, I love you, but, but I don't believe what you're saying. And I'm not going to allow you to influence me and, and try to talk me into thinking that what it is that I believe is foolish. The Bible says it right here in... Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he says it. Paul says it in 2 Corinthians that, that God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. 
And so, yes, you're going to come into, you're going to come into contact with people that are going to call you a fool. But the reality of it is, is that I don't want to call somebody a fool, but the reality of it is, is that they're the fool, you know, and, uh, and that's unfortunate. And so you just have to be prepared that, that, that when you begin to trust God, there are going to be those around you that think that it's foolish. And they're going to think that, that you've lost your mind. They're going to think that you are just a Jesus freak and just a religious person and that you need something. No, no, that's not what it is. It's just that this is what he has called me to do and this is how I'm going to live. And so we have to have that firm uh, uh, um, foundation, that firm belief. You know, I, I have limited time today just because of everything that we have going on. So uh, if you guys have time, you should go to Hezekiah, or not Hezekiah, <laughs> you should go to 2 Chronicles 28 and you should read the story of King Hezekiah because it has tons and tons of information that is so pertinent to what it is that, that our lives and what it is that we're doing. And so today I just kind of want to kind of glance at him. But for those of you that don't know who uh, Hezekiah is, uh, Hezekiah was a king and um, he was the king of, of, of the Judah territory. So there was the Israel territory, which was north. And then there was the Southern territory, which was a little bit smaller. And he was the king. But what's really crazy about Hezekiah was, is that he was 25 years old when he came to reign as king of Judah. And what you also need to know is, is that his dad did not rule. He ruled Judah also, also before him, but he did not do a good job. He was, he was uh, following after his own ways. He was taking that path that we talked about where he trusted in himself and, and he forgot uh, uh, one of the prophets, Isaiah, who Isaiah, you know, was a prophet sent by God to help him as a king to do what it was that needed to be done. And so he, you know, Hezekiah's dad just made a lot of bad decisions and bad choices. And, and so the, as a result, Judah took this course where they forgot God, they turned their back on him, they began to do and worship things that were not of God, they didn't follow the prescribed uh, uh, rules that God had set in place for them. And so as a result, things were not good. And so he came into this, this um, kingdom. But I like what it says in 2 Kings about Hezekiah. It says this, that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. And there was no one like him among all of the kings of Judah either before or after him. I don't know about you, but I want to be said that if a book was written about me, that Brian trusted in the Lord more than anybody before or after him. That is something that we need to be striving for, that, that we trust in the Lord. And so, you know, it's, it's just, I believe that, this, this, that what he did for the, the kingdom of, of Israel, the, uh, Judah, and that what she, he was placed over was a result of his trust in the Lord. Everything that he did, the decisions that he made, the, the changes that he made, he did them in his trust for the Lord. And God helped him, and he directed him, and he guided him, and he brought them out, and he caused great prosperity on Hezekiah and on the people that he led as a result of his trust in God. And so for us as believers, we need to be trusting God. Now, when it comes to trust, I think that there's some ingredients, some ingredients, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, monster cookies. How many of you guys like monster cookies? Amen, Zach, you like monster cookies? Come on down here. Mm. 
Man, it's so good. So soft and chewy, Steve. It was like a, I just chewed into an M&M. And now, now here's the thing. Do you trust me, Zach? So he doesn't trust me. It's not good, Pam. It's really not good that he doesn't trust me. Okay, well, do you want to eat one of these? Absolutely. Okay, here. I even brought some milk for you. Perfect. How long is that milk sitting Not very long. Yeah, pretty long. It's really good. But see, he trusted me, right? He trusted me. I could have put anything in those. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Well, you can take that back to your seat. You guys probably wish you had one of these, don't you? Yeah, you don't. What's my point? What are you talking about a uh, monster cookie for? My point is, is that there's ingredients in a monster cookie, right? That's what makes it amazing. There's M&Ms, there's oatmeal, there's other things, because I'm not a cook. I can't tell you what those are. It doesn't really matter, right? The fact of the matter is, is that it's good, right? And, and the same thing is true when it comes to trust. And, and so as we read through Proverbs 3, um, um, there are some ingredients that I want to share with you guys today. Three ingredients. And so... The first one is found right here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. This is in your notes. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And so number one point, number one ingredient when it comes to trusting him is that we acknowledge God. We need to acknowledge God. We must acknowledge God in all of our ways. Acknowledge is defined as accept or admit truth. You know, that could be in anything. To acknowledge something, I'm accepting the fact or I'm, I'm admitting the fact that I need to do something. Let me, let me break this down for you, okay? So when it comes to acknowledging God, it's kind of like this. How many of you guys in here, your wife tells you that you need to do something in the house? Anybody raise your hand? Just somebody. Okay. So as a man, it's like you know that it needs to take place, but it's not really that important. Can I get a witness? And so what ends up happening is, is that she asks, she asks again, she asks again. Then she stops asking. Am I right? Have I got this about right? Months go by and then she asks again. Then she gets to the place of frustration and then something happens that hurts a man to the very core of his being. At least it does for me. My wife does this to me. She says, when, when I don't acknowledge and when I don't admit her, and I don't acknowledge that, that that toilet needs to be fixed or the hinge needs to be fixed or whatever it is, she says this, who do I need to call to come and fix that? It's like, ugh, 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 oh my gosh. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I am a handyman and I can fix a lot of stuff, but I mean, that just gets me right to the core. I mean, it just like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. Like, do you even love me? <laughs> well, here's my point. It's at that point that I'm like, I acknowledge and I admit Okay, okay, it's been months, maybe possibly even years. I will fix it. That's my point. And so my point is, is that we have to acknowledge God in our lives. And so here's the problem, though, is, is that we'll acknowledge him in some ways. We're kind of like a man when it comes, oh, that doesn't need to be fixed. But what do we, how, do we, how does it look for us as believers? 
some of us will acknowledge, yeah, yeah, I need a Savior. Yeah, I need forgiveness and grace. Yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge and admit that I need to go to church. Yeah, I'll acknowledge, you know, that I should probably love my wife and I should probably love my husband. And, 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 and we will acknowledge those easy things, right? Those things that are simple to admit, those things that are simple to acknowledge in our lives, those ways, if you will, right? Those ways, those, those ways of think, thinking. But my point is, is that he wants us to go beyond that. It says to acknowledge him in all of our ways. So what does that look like? It, that looks like living a certain way. If you, you've been living your life a certain way and there's this little scratch on the inside of you, that's like, you need to change that. It's all it is. It's real simple. And, and, and we, try to, we try to, you know, make it hard and it's not hard because he'll, he'll, he'll scratch on the inside of you. I need you to change that. I need you to do that differently. What you're doing right there is, is not okay. You need to change that. For all of us, it's different. But what, we don't give him that. We don't acknowledge, nope, I'm not acknowledging that. I'm not going to admit that. You know, um, another thing is, is that um, kids in marriage, there could be things in kids, kids in marriage. There could be that he's kept you. Um, um, how about this? You know, with your finances, it's like, I know I need to do that, but I just don't. It's so, so we're acknowledging him. Lord, I'll acknowledge you in these ways right over here, but I can't acknowledge you in these ways because that's too much. I can't give you that. But what he's saying is, is I want you to acknowledge him in all of your ways. I like what it says here about Hezekiah in uh, 2 Chronicles 31. It says that Hezekiah did throughout all of Judah, he did what was good. He did what was right. He did what was true before God. In every work that he began in service to the house of the Lord, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all of his heart. And so he prospered. And so my point today, and, and the number one, and I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. As I kind of looked at this, I kind of saw, uh, saw these ingredients as easy, a little more difficult, and that's going to be a tough one. Maybe I did that wrong. Easy, a little more difficult, and hard. And acknowledging him is pretty easy. Because it's like, yeah, I can not. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I need a savior. Yeah, I need to live for God. Yeah, I need to, I need to go to church. Yeah, I need to serve him. No, 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 no. You're missing it. In everything that you do, we need to acknowledge him in our lives. That's part of trust. It's an ingredient for trust. And so... Um, so the promise when we acknowledge him in your notes is, is that he will direct your path. It's kind of like these, these kids that we had come up here. You know, as they begin to go through life, they can make a choice. They can acknowledge God in all that they do, man, and God is going to direct their path. But if they don't acknowledge God, he's, he's going to have a hard time directing their path. And so it's imperative that we as believers acknowledge him in everything that we do, just as... as, as uh, Hezekiah did every work that he began, he, he did it in acknowledgement to God. And so it doesn't matter. You know, you may be under uh, uh, great pressure. You might, might have, uh, um, you know, you might be struggling with, well, you know, you just don't understand, Brian, what is it I've been going through? You don't understand how, how long I've been going through it. You don't understand the pressure that I have. I, I might not, but, but, 
the word of God tells me that in everything I do, I need to acknowledge him. And so my encouragement to you is, is that if you don't have the answer, if you don't have what it is that you need, if, you don't, if it doesn't look like from the outside anything is changing, you have to understand it does not change God. It does not change that he told you to acknowledge him in all of your ways, in everything that you do. Because the thing is, is that the minute that you begin to say, you know, it just isn't working. It's taking too long. I, I don't understand. I've got this pressure. You step out of, from under that trust, that, that, that realm of the trust, and you, be, you stop acknowledging him. And, and you begin to acknowledge your own way, your own strength, your own ability. I'll fix this. I'll read this book. I'll go here. I'll do this. And, and it's all in your own strength. It's not a trust in him. It's not a trust in the fact that, man, he's going to bring me through this situation. And it's not, I'm not trying to beat anybody up because it's just, all you got to do is just say, well, you know what? I've been living here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back over here and I'm going to begin to acknowledge God. I haven't been doing that in my life. I haven't been doing it here. I haven't been doing it here, but I'm going to do it today. And I'm going to watch him work in my life. And so that's the first ingredient is, is to acknowledge him. The next one is this. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. I don't have any points on that, but that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Ask yourself the question, Am I a person of pride? Do I think I know it all? Do I have an answer for everything? You might be that person. I'm not gonna say anything more about that, but it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. But this is the point I wanna get to. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll bring health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Number two ingredient when it comes to trusting God is to fear God. Now, I, as I looked at this message, I was like, okay, fear God, fear God, fear God. Should I use fear God or should I use esteem God? Because I don't want people to have the misunderstanding that you have to be afraid of God. That is not what fear, fearing God means, okay? Fearing God means to feel, um, um, feel uh, fearing God means to esteem or to reverence his power, right? So life has consequences. I shared here a couple weeks ago about uh, uh, my childhood and some of the uh, behavioral issues that I had, right? I didn't ever fear my parents, okay? I respected them. I revered them. I reverenced them because when they said something and when, when dad pulled that van over, it meant I was in trouble. Now, I wasn't afraid of him. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he cared about me. I was doing something wrong and I needed to change. And so it doesn't, you know, in our lives, there are consequences to our behavior. There are consequences to the things that we choose to live and walk in. And so, so, so that's where we have to respect and esteem him. You know, at work, if you are uh, uh, stepping out of line and not respecting authority and doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, they're going to have checks and balances. You're going to be met with. Things are going to be in order. And then at some point, you're going to lose your job because of why? Life has consequences. And this is, this is how we do. This is how we work. Um, another thing is, I'm very, very uh, acute to this, is the police. I mean, if I'm out there going 80 miles an hour, there is a consequence to my behavior. Do I need to be afraid of them? No, they're there to serve and protect me and help me. But if I break the rules, they're going to pull me over, give me a ticket, send me to school, 
because I need to go there and I'm trying to get the ticket off my record, whatever it may be. But I don't have to be afraid of him. And so the same thing is true when it comes to God. He's put these, these things into place in our lives, not to fear him, but for us to, to help us. And that when we don't live back like that, when we don't live in those ways, there are consequences to it. A great illustration of the fear of God is, is electricity. You know, if electricity, if used properly, it brings life. It brings light to the room. But you and I both know that if it's not used properly, it can hurt you. It can, it can bring death. I can remember being a, a young, young kid, and I don't know why my mom and dad did it, but we had this really steep stairwell at our house. And, and my mom would ask me to go down there because our freezer was down there and some other stuff was down there. So anytime she needed something, I'd go down there. And, and, and the steps were really, really steep, but the steps were not the issue, okay? That wasn't where I was gonna get hurt. That wasn't what was gonna bring me harm. It was the light switch that was precariously positioned over the steps to the point where you would reach for it and every, almost every time, I'd stick my hand and go, oh, yeah. And every time it's like, why does dad not put a cover on this? It hurt. And I mean, and, and I showed that, I showed that light switch such reverence. I mean, I just, okay, just touch the switch. I don't know if dad had some kind of piece of wire. I think he probably did. He probably did something. With, I should have looked at that. But, but I would show that, that, res, that switch reverence. And I would just be like, click. Whew, that was close. Yeah. Why? Because power, when it's not used right, will hurt you. I still got a jolt today. I don't really know why. You know, and, and so it will hurt you. And, and you know, it's, it's so funny because years later I would be working here and, and uh, doing different things. And we had this uh, guy named Jerry Van Zant. And uh, Jerry, man, he was awesome. And, uh, but he was a fire chief for a lot of years. And he, anytime we did anything electrical in this building, you know, he would give me a long lesson and a long lecture about electricity. And he saw a guy one time, he was standing next to a panel or standing near a panel and he, and he, saw, he saw electricity jump out of the panel and onto a guy. And I don't know if the guy died or not. It doesn't matter. It had to hurt, right? And so the point is this, is that, is, is that we have to respect and esteem and revere his power. That it's, it's, we don't have to be afraid of it. It's just part, it's, 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 He's put it in place and he's putting guardrails and, and things in line so that we live under that. And so we say, you know what, Lord, I understand that. I understand those rules and I understand how it is that you operate and I am going to operate in the confines of that so that I'm not continually putting my finger into the electrical box of life. I fear you, I respect you, I honor you. The things that is this that you've said and, and, and outlined for my life. And so... Hezekiah, he feared God. Look at what he said here in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 5 and 10, through 10, actually. It says, now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord uh, of your fathers and carry all this junk or this rubbish out of this place. And, the, and our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the sight of the Lord. They have forsaken him and their eyes are away from the dwelling place of the Lord and they turn their backs on him. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem. And then it says in verse 10, Now it is my heart to make a covenant with the Lord of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. 
And so to give you guys context, I probably should have done that before, is that his dad and everybody before them were not living according to God and to his ways. And so it was, it was not good. Like the temple or the church had been shut down and boarded up. There was no uh, uh, worshiping of God going on. Things were just, they were not doing what it was that God said. So, so what he did when Hezekiah got into uh, uh, power is that he came in, he cleaned it up. He came in and washed everything down and made everything right. And then he got the Levites and the priests and the leaders of the church and he got them into place and he trained them and he got them in place. He said, we're, 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 we're getting things back in order here. And, and, and the reason that we are, things are so bad and things are not good is because we are living in a life of evil. And so we're going to make a covenant with God. We're going to fear God in our lives and we're going to begin to operate in the ways that he has set forth for us. And so we can see firsthand that right here, he feared God. And so the promise in fearing God is this, that we will have health and strength. So in your notes there under number two, we will have health and strength. I don't know about you, man. I need health and I need strength. And so I want to live my life and I want to honor him and what it is that I'm doing. And I know that as a result of that, I'm going to have health and strength. The last ingredient for trust that we see here in Proverbs 3 is found here in verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so that your barns are filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. Honor God is number three. That's the number three ingredient. Honor is not a word that we talk about, but honor means to have a high respect and a high esteem for God. Honor is knowing that my life belongs to him and that I can do nothing without him. You know, when I think about it, and Linda, you can go up. When I think about um, this, this last ingredient, it's kind of like a puzzle. You know, when you put a puzzle together, it's like you got all these pieces, right? You got the piece where you acknowledge him. You got the piece where you fear him. And, and there's all these other pieces, because I'm not saying that these are the only ingredients to trusting God. They're just some of them. But, you know, you can get all these things into place, Right? And, and we've all been there before where you do these thousand piece puzzles and it's like you get to the end and there's one. It's like one, right? It's like, I mean, is there anybody else in here that's frustrated by that? It's like, it's so frustrating. It's like, I spent hours, you know, doing this and now this piece is not there. And the same thing is true in our lives. And, and, and as I said before, you know, you got acknowledging God down here. That's easy, man. I can acknowledge God all day long with my mouth. I can say it, say it, say it, say it. And then when it comes to the fear, fearing God, that's a little deeper because that's, that in my mind moves from my mouth to my heart, right? Because that's a position of my reverence for him and how I see him, right? But this last one is, is honoring God. And that's where the rubber really meets the road, guys. I heard one guy say a long time ago that the biggest gap between is between what we know and what we do. And in my mind, honoring God is what we do. Because if I'm going to acknowledge God and I'm going to fear God, the last thing that I got to do is, is I got to take a step each and every day in what it is that I'm doing is, is in this idea of honoring God. 
And it's that last puzzle piece, if you will. And I think it's so tough. I mean, in 20 years of ministry, I've seen so many people that it's like, you know, they'll take one step, they'll give God one step, they'll give him another step, they'll give him another step, they'll give him another step. Sometimes they stop and they kind of stay there. And God say, no, there's still some more steps. There's still some more things I need you to do. And, and so they take another step and then they stop. And they might spend years in that one position. But this idea of honoring God, it's, just look, right here. Second Chronicles 31, five. It says, as soon as the commandment was circulated, okay? So this is Hezekiah. He gets everything in order. He cleans everything up. And then this is what he says. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in an abundance of first fruits of grain and wine and oil and honey and all the produce of the field. And they brought it in abundantly the tithe of everything and also the tithe of the holy things which were consecrated to the Lord, their God, and they laid it in heaps. Now, I, I understand, you know, you know, money can be a sensitive thing. It, it really can. But, you know, as I was thinking about it this morning, actually, I was thinking, you know, money's kind of the thing that like, it's kind of that last thing that people are like, I just can't give you that, right? For whatever reason. I mean, the, the reasons are many, you know, and, and it's like, I just can't give you that. But I would, I, would, I would ask you this. If you're a person that truly trusts God, really nothing else in your life you don't place trust in anything else in your life if you're trusting God. But what happens is, is that I, th I believe that the enemy uses this, one of this, th these last things, this last puzzle piece to, to hold people up. And that is in the area of money. Because it's like, okay, Lord, I'll give you everything. I'll come, I'll give my life to Christ. I'll serve in the local church. I'll, I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves. I'll do it all. But I'm not giving you that. And what that tells me is, is that their trust isn't completely in God. Their trust is in the money that they hold in the bank. And, and I'm just using this because it's in the Bible and I'm not trying to twist your arm. I mean, if you're not at the place where you want to begin to give and begin to tithe, that's fine. But I'm telling you, you know, from a, from a pastor, it's like, I care about you. I, I've tithed all my life, all of it. And my life has been blessed. There have been things that it's like, I don't even know how that's going to work. You know, I can remember my wife, she wanted to stay home when we were young. And I'm like, babe, have you seen the spreadsheet? This doesn't work. You got to stay and work, right? But we just did what we needed to do. When, when opportunity arose, we'd do what we needed to do. She'd, she'd teach summer school. I'd mow grass. We just put our hand to the plow, do what it is that we need to do. Tithe and honor God with our giving. And, and God just increased us and gave us and, and blessed us. I mean, I was out in my garage the other day. I'm like, Lord, I just thank you that you've blessed me with so much. It, it, it's not me. It's, it's, it's the result of me honoring you. And I thank God that I grew up in a church and I had parents that taught me this idea of honor. And it's not just money. I mean, it's all things, but money, I believe, man, it's the last thing. It's that last puzzle piece in your life. And if you wanna go into seasons of your life and challenges in your life, whether it's, whether it's pandemics or, or, or things that are happening, whether it be in your business or in your home, you need to have the firm persuasion 
that man, I am doing all that I know to do. I'm acknowledging him, I'm fearing him, and I'm honoring God in my, in my giving. And I know that I'm doing my part. And so I can trust and believe that he's gonna do his part. I don't have to think about it and be like, well, you know, I gave him all that, but man, there's this one section of my life I just haven't given him. That's not a good place to be in. It doesn't bring good trust. And so I'm not telling you this to, to make you give. That is not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because I know that God has a great plan, a great plan of blessing. There's things in your life that, that, that he wants to dissolve and make go away, things that have been going on for years. And I'm telling you what, if you'll just try it, you come, come to me, I'll give you your money back. That's a money back guarantee. Do you get that anywhere else? No, you don't get that anywhere any, any, any today. But today I'm telling you, if you will say, you know what? I'm gonna try this. Try it for three months. Say, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge you. I'm gonna fear you. And I'm gonna begin to honor you in my, in my giving. And you come back to me and you don't tell me that, that God hasn't changed things in your life. He will. It says, he says he will open up the windows of heaven in your life. And it's not just money. It's just saying, Lord, it's all yours. It's all yours. I trust you. I give you everything that is in my life. I will not let the love of money hold me back. I'm telling you guys, he wants to bless you, but he needs you to trust him in all of these areas. In every one of these areas, you have to trust him so that he can pour his life into your life. And man, when you do it, you'll be nothing but a testimony to yourself, to your family, and to all those that are around you. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. Father, I just want to thank you, Father, for our time here today. I believe that this subject of trusting you was ordained by the Holy Spirit into the lives of your people. You care about them. You love them. You have great plans and purposes for them, Father God. But, but we know today that there are steps that, you, that we, as believers, have to take. And so today, you know, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is, the, this is the most important time, guys, of this service. Because this is where you and God have a conversation with one another. This is where you and him decide, okay, I made a mistake and I'm gonna get right. And so today, I'm not, I, I just need you, between you and God, just to raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I have put my trust in other things. It could be simple things. It could be things that, that, that are simple and only you know about. So if you're that person, just raise your hand. Say, Lord, that's me. I have not put my trust in you. I see that hand. Come on. There's others in here. I see that hand. I see that hand. When you, when you raise it up, put it back down. Put it back down. I see that hand. God sees that hand. He sees your heart. He sees that consecration to him, that need for change. And today, I believe that by that uplifted hand, you're saying, Lord, I haven't trusted in you, but from here on out, I'm gonna step back into that trust for you. And I don't know, on top of that, if there's anybody in here that maybe you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. You may, you may know nothing. Today, I might have said things that you're like, I don't know what he was saying. 
But if you're in this place and you've never given your heart to Christ, if you've never submitted to him and said, Lord, I need you to be the Lord of my life, today is your day to make that decision so that you can spend eternity in heaven. If you were that person, or maybe you're a person where you are far from God and you are not living for him. You're like Hezekiah's dad and you're doing things and, and living in a manner that God, you know in your heart, God never intended for you to live. If you're that person, you need to raise your hand. Is there anybody in here? You wanna get right with God or you wanna give your heart to Christ? Anybody? Anybody at all? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Father, for your word. And Father, we know that your word is what really is the only thing that will change us. It'll change us from the inside out. And so Father God, as we go from this place today, Father, I pray that you would strengthen each and every one of us with might. That these ingredients, Father, for trust would be written on our hearts, Father, that as we walk out our life, Father God, that you will bring to our remembrance those things that you would have us to do, those adjustments that you would have us to make, Father God. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, he's guiding us, he's directing us, and he's helping us to live this life where we acknowledge you, we honor you, and we fear you. And we know, Father God, that as a result of that, great blessing will be upon our lives. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, at this time, we're gonna take a moment to... Um, have communion and just remember what it is that Jesus did for us. So if you have one or you need one, the ushers in the aisles, you know, in first Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, it says, for I received from the Lord, what I also delivered to you. And that, uh, that the Lord Jesus on that night, when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body do it in remembrance of me. And so today, that's what we're doing. He, his body was broken for our health and for our wholeness. And so if you need health and wholeness, you're remembering what it is that Jesus did. And so as we partake, as we break this bread and as you eat this bread, you, you thank him for what it is that he did and thank him for what it is that the healing that he paid for for you right now. You may partake. It goes on to say, it says, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. The blood that was shed for our sins. You may partake. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you today for the body that was broken for us, for health and for wholeness for all of mankind and for the blood that was shed for our sins. We are so thankful, Father, for sending your son to do this for us. In Jesus' name, amen.